0: so much for joining us this week on the Demystifying Money podcast. I'm your host, Misty Lynch, and today we're going to talk about some things that are pretty personal and not talked about nearly enough, especially for women. And this is about perimenopause and menopause. And I'm joined by the girlfriend doctor, uh, Dr. Anna Kabeka. She is brilliant. She is somebody who has dealt with menopause twice in her life. She has gone on from being broke, having, you know, struggling with her emotional, physical health to go on to, you know, become a doctor, help millions of people with her work. And she's going to talk with us today about some of the the most devastating, the nine most devastating symptoms that women face and how we can manage them better. And this is not something that I've heard much about ever at all in my life, except for hot flashes, uh, maybe mood swings. But other than that, nobody I know is talking about this. This is not something that I felt like I learned from my grandmother or my mom or anybody to really be prepared for and know how to to handle it well and manage it because some of these symptoms are so difficult to deal with. And the thought of entering this phase of your life when you're at probably... You know, if you have children, you know, you're parenting young children or teenagers. If you're working, you're probably hitting your stride in your career, in your 40s and 50s, you know, when you're actually, you know, when you've got, you know, the years of experience, education under your belt, all of these things. And so dealing with some of these things, like the brain fog, the memory, the the sleep, I can't think of anything that would be more important financially than understanding what is coming and how to prepare for it. Some of the things as well that we're going to talk about are, you know, what makes sense on any budget to help us with this? Are there some things we could do that don't cost any money? Are there other things that maybe cost a lot of money that we should be considering or preparing for? So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it's helpful even just to start this conversation for women and if you're a man listening, I'm sure that this would be great for you to understand too because it's going to impact the women around you at some point and you know it's really good to kind of understand what's going on because it's um, it's not talked about and I think it's very important. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Dr. Hannahbecca. Welcome to the demystifying Money podcast where each week you will hear unforgettable conversations with expert guests about success money business, and small steps you can take to elevate your life and wealth. Now here's your host, Misty Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am joined by Dr. Anna Kabeka. She is the first call for women who have questions that they would only ask their best friend if their best friend was a triple board certified OBGYN. I am so excited to talk to her today because I think that there's a lot of, 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 issues with women's health that we really don't talk about. And I find that it's a lot like retirement where a lot of people just feel like, okay, it's retirement. That's the sign of old age and it's the end and there's nothing else to plan for and do. And I think that that is so untrue, especially as we live longer, healthier lives. So I wanted to talk to her today about some of the things we could do to protect our health and make sure that we Embrace all of the parts of life that we're going to experience, and not just keep them so secret. So, thank you so much, Dr. Anna, for joining me today.
1: It is a pleasure, and I'm here, like rolling my eyes about planning for retirement and not knowing what the heck. You know, I mean, I'm just like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something that I, you
0: know, and I know that you, you know, you are. Um, I, I visited, I listened to your podcast and your website, and you're an author, and you put out all of this information to help women. So I wanted to ask you, what inspired
1: you to become the girlfriend doctor? Oh my goodness. You know, it's really my own mess. You know, they say sometimes your mess becomes your message. Mm -hmm. Oh, my messes, my messes became my message Yeah, (laughs) for sure. My own hormonal hell. I mean, I was 39 diagnosed with early menopause and irreversible infertility, having failed the highest doses of infertility meds. And as an OBGYN trained at one of the best institutions, not just in our country, in the US, but in the world, um, at Emory University, my doctor's bag was empty and I was, you know, desperate and grief stricken in so many ways. And uh, it took me on a journey around the world looking for answers and, and really just my own healing journey. And as a result of that healing journey, I went from being, you know, early menopause at 39 to reversing that and spontaneously becoming pregnant at 41, and having a beautiful baby girl who's now 13, I'll be 55 next week. And um, you know, what, you know, what a transformation just in my own medical world, and then bringing the information that I learned from, you know, traditional medicines that have been practiced for 3000 years and herbal medicines and practices outside of a prescription pad and a surgical knife that really healed me. And I brought that into my medical practice. And from there, it just, you know, I just want to shout at the rooftop, what, you know, what things that we as women can be empowered to do naturally, that will heal our body, heal our body, our mind and our spirit. And um, so that's been part of my journey. It's amazing,
0: and I think there's a there's a lot more openness to this. And I and I I, I kind of want to dive into that because it's it's interesting to hear that you now you reversed. Reversed. <laughs> I did not. For, there okay. are so many things, and I I kind of think about it when I um you know before I had my children, I I thought I knew about fertility or all of these things that I knew nothing. I, I knew absolutely nothing, and it was so interesting. The more that I learned, but you know what, you're right. When you're at a certain point where you feel desperate then I think that there can be this, this place where the finances come in, you will spend anything to get, you know, your health back, to get what you want when you're looking to, you know, uh, reverse things that come up, you know, physically. And so I think that there, the more information that people know, and the more control that they actually have over their own, um, you know, their own well-being. I think it's so great to hear more people sharing this because it seemed like such a secret, like it was just the change, and no one said anything else really about it, except for hot flashes. And now I'm learning as I'm seeing more women posting questions about perimenopause, how it's impacting their their sleep, their performance, their ability to work. Um, that there's a lot of people who have these unanswered questions and. Mom and grandma aren't talking about it. So what are you seeing when it comes to, you know, the women that you help and that you've worked with, what, what sort of misinformation is out there as far as what, what perimon- perimenopause and menopause even is? Yes, Since that might be
1: a relatively new term to some of our listeners. Yes, yeah. And, and what do these terms even mean? I mean, that's a really good thing. It's, and it's like, you know, what your mom and grandma aren't talking about. And it's even not your mama's menopause, right? We are experiencing something different than our mothers did. And there there has been, you know, so much intervention and misinformation. I mean, at 39, menopause? Wait, hey, and I'm an OBGYN, right? Like, what happened here? That was just, it, it just... It, it just threw me for a loop. My doctor's bag was empty. And so that's really important. And and reversing early menopause, what is that? One in a hundred thousand, you know, likelihood is that one, a hundred thousand chance. I mean, seriously. So to actually be able to reverse that for a decade and then go through the second perimenopause at 48, where it was that brain fog. I feel like I've lost my edge. Is it, you know, some timers versus Alzheimer's, right? <laughs> Am I losing my memory just some of the time? And yeah. And mood swings, and I always tell clients, if you only hate your husband two weeks out of the month, (laughs) it it may be your hormones. And then the whole question, bipolar versus hormonal, right? And so many times I hear guys say, my ex-wife was bipolar. I'm like, she's probably hormonal, you know, but how does that manifest? Physiology drives behavior. Physiology Mm -hmm. drives behavior. That whole thing, uh, you know, feeling good, but not feeling ourselves, you know, three days, two weeks out of the month. Some for some women, three weeks out of the month, only they feel normal one week, this perimenopause, when these hormones are shifting, and then, you know, so perimenopause, this time before menopause is the word perimenopause. Again, it's not even good terminology. So um, it, it can be five to 15 years before menopause, which is 12 months without a menstrual cycle. But hey, you know, like I've been there, done that and reversed it and went to have regular menstrual cycles for another decade. And then went to this time again, nearly 12 months without a menstrual cycle, you know, at 48 with the weight gain, weight gain without doing anything different. One of the big symptoms, weight gain, brain fog, mood swings, loss of sex drive, dryness, pain with intercourse, discomfort with intercourse, decreased orgasm. You know, we said the mood swings and, and that memory loss, which is really, you know, agonizing to us in the business world. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that is and yeah. um, not to mention when I was 48, I had two teenagers and a wee one in elementary school, all girls. And mm-hmm. you like, you want to be manipulated? Teenage girls know how to do it. <laughs> you've got brain fog. So we don't want that. Right. And that took no. me into this other shift in physiology beyond our hormones. And mm-hmm. that's why in my first book, the hormone fix, I write that it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones and this this physiologic shift that's happening that's creating these behavior these behavior changes these like i've heard women say and i experience this monster within me that's coming out right and i was burned out at that time i was burned out hitting rock bottom 48 near broke and really struggling and had to pull myself up but until i shifted my physiology and got brain clarity, not to mention the weight loss and really feeling at home in my body again, I wasn't able to do that. And that's a really big shift that I see so many women experience. They sometimes lose the career that they loved. They lose the relationship that they once loved and they're, they're essentially burning out. And right.
0: Because all of those things seem to happen around the same time. Yes. So you have teenage children, you have, you're probably at like the peak of your career or getting close to it when you're, wor- you know, when you're at, at that point where you really kind of hit your stride. And then you mentioned, you know, the things like brain fog and unexpected waking and feeling like there's a monster inside you, all of those things I feel like would make any woman, no matter how strong or happy, kind of depressed. And so when that comes to, you know, and then you're trying to show up, uh, you know, as your best self in your relationship and at work, I can see how anyone would feel that sense of overwhelm and burnout because that's just hard. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's,
1: it's so lot. hard when you're overreacting instead of responding like you normally, normally would. And, and you're not taking joy in the things that you loved. You don't feel it. Add a good dose of, you know, competitive stress, pandemic stress. Mm -hmm. you know, lifestyle stress, raising children's stress, relationship stress, and that's cortisol is winning cortisol our stress hormone is winning. And that depletes and, um, and competes with our hormone of love and bonding and connection, which is oxytocin, the most powerful hormone in our body, not oxycodone, the painkiller, oxytocin, oxytocin, which is that hormone that we give you in labor, pitocin, to help stimulate contraction, it's the hormone that is designed by nature to make us bond with this baby that we, that we mm-hmm. birth, right? That bonding hormone that gives you that feeling that no one ever can explain the hormone of intimacy and connection that gives you that feeling of love when you have sex with your partner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And that stress hormone that when we're not actually in a life or death situation, we're just in a meeting or we're, you know, we are trying to figure out what we went into this room to find and you're in that state of stress, then you're right. Your body basically doesn't know the difference between, you know, the cortisol when it's a you know, there's a stranger who's about to grab you, or you're really just like, you forgot where your glasses are. Exactly. (laughs) terrible, And so your brain is, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that can be, that can be so difficult. And I think that it's embarrassing. And it's one of those things we don't like to talk about because it's like, oh, I'm being forgetful. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. Like none of these things are what women want to hear or feel. So what are some of the things that you did to, um, to rever to to get out of the brain fog so you know if people are out there and f- relating to this what are some things that people can do either um in an inexpensive way or what are some things that are actually out there and available now too for people who are like this has got to stop this can take a place in my budget because it's really important to me
1: yeah yeah and it's so important and it doesn't cost much there's a lot we can do and I'll share three really key free strategies I'm telling you I Spent, I you know, I trained at the best institutions. I'm triple board certified, right? I spent hundred thousand dollars on my education, and I'll continue to do so, right? But, um, but what I experienced, I needed to understand what I was experiencing. So, how could I, you know, essentially, you know, had it all together, so to speak, go to burnout, you know, post divorce, you know, near bankrupt, renting a small place. So I, you know, it was, I was renting my house out and moving into a small place so I could make sure my, you know, mortgage was paid, or I could send my kids to school. And so I mean, crazy, right? I mean, insane to be at that level. And so what had happened, I really want everyone to listen to this, because this is something that I didn't learn in medical school, I didn't learn in my, you know, board study and, and residency programs. When I experienced the second menopause at 48, the brain fog, the mood swings, the memory loss, the irritability, the burnout, the disconnect, the des- you know, the depression, the isolation, like what was happening? I had post-traumatic stress. I had trauma, post-losing a child, post-divorce, post my ex-husband's traumatic brain injury, all of these things, right? I mean, that's very dramatic, but and what I was, I was just spiraling down. But those things that shifted when I, you know, was also then gaining weight without doing anything different, all of these things were happening at the same time. And so because I didn't want to gain, you know, be back to over 240 pounds where I'd been, you know, a, a good portion of my life, I would lost 80 pounds and kept it off for nearly a decade. So I didn't want to, at weight gain, when anyone listening has lost weight had been overweight and lost weight you know when you start gaining seeing that scale move without doing anything different Mm -hmm. you're like oh my god when is this going to stop and patients would come in and say Dr. Ann I'm gaining weight without doing anything different you know as a young gynecologist I think sure you're not right (laughs) in my head I'm like sure you're not but you know is it thyroid is it whatever but there's multiple hormones that are involved in this and so when you know. I want women to understand that this physiology that goes beyond our sex hormones. So when we, our brain, especially when it comes to cognition, having our edge, our brain will use glucose for fuel preferentially, but the use of glucose for fuel is an estrogen dependent phenomena. But when we shift to using ketones, which are fat molecules for food, for fuel, we starve our body. Of of carbohydrates or glucose or sugar molecules, our body will shift into fat burning, either the fat we're eating or the fat we've stored. And that use of ketones for fuel is like jet fuel to the brain and it is not hormone dependent. So when we're in our mid 30s to mid 50s and we're going through this hormonal shift and our body is decreasing its production of progesterone and estrogen and testosterone and DHEA, all our sex hormones and, and, um, reproductive hormones, when our body's doing that, we have to shift to use ketones for fuel because our brain is basically starving. And as women, we have two, over two times the risk of Alzheimer's as men. I think this is a really key point. Men will even have more circulating estrogen than women in their brain because they have 10 times as much testosterone, which converts to estrogen, and they're not relying on their ovaries. They have their adrenals and their testes, and they're not on a time clock like women are. So between age 35 to 55, which when these perimenopausal symptoms come in, all the symptoms we've talked about, the hot flashes, the mood swings, the memory loss, the reg- and the gynecologic symptoms, the irregular periods, the PMS symptoms, the breakthrough bleeding, the symptoms that will bring you to a gynecologist come to see me for these hormone imbalance symptoms. And that includes the insomnia, the night sweats, right? The fatigue, the crashing fatigue, Mm -hmm. and you're having these menstrual problems at the same time. What typically happens is women get birth control pills, antidepressants, hysterectomy, and we've never addressed the underlying issue. So in my practice, Misty, from when I learned from my own experiences to use, implement what I did for myself in my patients, I went from needing to do two to three surgeries a week to two to three major surgeries a year. Wow. That's the difference. That's That's the difference. That's the power we have to heal our own bodies when we shift with nutrition and lifestyle. And there are three key things that I mentioned that we can do for free that caught that every one of us, especially over age 35. Now, look, you know, I have a 13 year old daughter starting puberty, like I'm in menopause, and she's in puberty, like that is just cruel. (laughs) So fun. Our house is very fun. Hormone balance is really, really important. So like she intermittent fast. So number one is intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is really, really important. And that means at least 13 hours to 16 hours between dinner and breakfast. And number two, no more snacking. I know you will hear the menopause diet is three meals, three snacks, or small meals, six small meals throughout the day. That's just bullshit. That's going to make you fat, insulin resistant, and put you in a mental health institution or Alzheimer's memory. Right, because you're never
0: actually burning what your body's already
1: stored. No, right? Exactly.
0: running and, on carbs and snacks.
1: <laughs> and you're always hungry, always hungry. Yeah. And so yeah, so so that's number two. So no more snacking. And and that's really critical. That's really critically important. Number three is kind of tie. Um, so gosh, you know, like I want to say, you know, get really, you know, eat more greens, eat more alkalinizing. I would say keto green. That's my platform, keto green food, my book, keto green 16. I mean, these, these are important, but I would say number three is have more orgasms, increase oxytocin, <laughs> increase oxytocin. So do okay. things you love, do things you enjoy. So yes, intimacy, sex, you know, passion, but things you enjoy laughter, play, you know, having a pet, watching movies mm-hmm. that make you laugh. Like I was a, you know, a great oxytocin um, movie is my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. You know, yeah something I think that makes that's you laugh a
0: great that's such a great idea because I think that even you know some people who are you know maybe they're single maybe and they're just like well this I can't I can't do that but you know to to find other ways to boost that by having you know seeing a friend exercise you know even watching a funny movie, I think that's something that we can all do and sometimes when we're feeling bad about ourselves and we're feeling like we're putting on weight and and we feel moody and crazy all we do is look at more reasons why our life is terrible. <laughs> Right. And, and then that will spiral you down overloading. And so I love that. And intermittent fasting. Now, this is the third time that I've interviewed somebody in a different, you know, one person, you know, was talking to me about it recently when she, um, you know, has a, a practice where she helps people, you know, physical therapy, you know, getting back to their, you know, peak performance or even helping people with their balance and mobility. And then also another person who is specifically talking about weight loss, intermittent fasting has come up three times now. How can somebody who is
1: like, no, no, I can't do that. Um, can you kind of ease your way into it? Absolutely. Because I think we all could. Right? We are designed to. We are okay. designed to. Absolutely. We're designed to. We get more insulin resistant as we age. In other words, we can become more fuel efficient. So we have to do things that increase insulin sensitivity intermittent fasting, stopping snacking and eliminating sugar carbs, I don't allow typically more than 40 to 50 grams of carb per day, then it's mostly in my wine. But other than that, no, (laughs) I
0: was going to get to that.
1: That's on my list. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Can have that dry wine. Yeah. Low carb wine. But Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, really, we want to, we want to start using, become really efficient at using ketones for fuel. I mean, we can have, like we will cycle in and out. That's called metabolic flexibility. Just like you do, you don't do the same exercise every day. The same with our diet and nutrition patterns, but every single person can intermittent fast. And I've heard it. People are so bad off. They've been told, you know, they've been three meals, three snackings, adrenal fatigue, get hypoglycemic. All of that is mismanagement of your blood sugar. And what we we can absolutely get you to intermittent fast and we start we start slow, you know, you can maybe maybe you go to bed eating and you wake up eating. Look, we, you know, we can shift that and also what you're eating. That's why it's key. Green, it's healthy fats, high quality protein, and good amount of greens and fiber. So your greens are fiber. So and they're alkalinizing, which makes a difference. And so when you do that, your blood sugar is not going up and down all over the place, and you're not getting hungry. And mm-hmm. as you break free of that, like willpower is just, I mean, willpower is physiologic. So you don't have to think, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to eat in two hours or three hours. You're not going to even have any cravings. You'll be like, oh my gosh, it's been 16 hours. You know, Hey, I'll meet someone for lunch and let's have a good conversation and oxytocin Mm
0: -hmm. inducing
1: good conversation. Right. And I think that's important because when,
0: you know, when I think about the intermittent fasting and like the, the good food and the, you know, those that you're talking about with the greens and people will say, oh, it's, it's so expensive to eat healthy or to go to whole food, all of these things. And I think that they, and then, but when your health is, and then your then your next choice is, okay, now you're on, you know, you have to have surgeries or, um, you know, cancer, all of these things that come up that will basically like medical debt is what, Bankrupts like most people in this right. country it's insane. And so like, I think that if you put some of your money towards, um, protecting your health, your mobility, your brain, it will pay off. It, it will be worth it because there are, there are certain things you can do, but I love the fact that the no snacking, the intermittent fasting, that is, that is free and the food you're going to be buying food anyway. Yes. So if you're planning out your meals If you know what you're going to do ahead of time and you're using that beautiful, and I talk about it with planning all the time, that part of your brain that plans ahead to do what you should do tomorrow, you decide that today. And if that means you have this salad, you have the food ready for you, the sneaky part of your brain, that primitive part that just wants sugar, (laughs) chips, carbs, whatever's handy you've already, you've already
1: planned against it. Yep. So yep. you don't have to worry about it or think about it. And if you know That's that, we, gonna absolutely. And if you know that if you eat something like healthy fat, like I, I just cooked for my family, just some mm-hmm. sauteed chicken with onions, garlic and butter and drizzled with olive oil and seasonings. I mean, very, very, and some uh, chopped up, I didn't have any green,
0: lettuce, mm-hmm. so
1: chopped up lettuce and, and sauteed it in there. One pan, really easy really fast really keto green and so you know it's it's something you know you can do when you have those healthy fats there's no carbs there's no bread with dinner there's you know fruit with dinner i mean this is low carb and you're not going to be hungry the rest of the night you'll feel satisfied and you'll sleep better especially the earlier you eat ideally definitely before seven but as we get older by five o'clock six o'clock the better we will sleep at night. And that's really important. And I love what you say, you know, Misty, like how you need to budget for wealth, I mean, for health. And I say 10 to 20% of your income should be, you know, put towards health and health is wealth. A thousand percent health is wealth. It is. You can't, you can't go buy it. No, you can't go fix it. And when
0: it's gone, it's, it can be, you know, you, you will do anything to, to get it back. I've seen it. I've seen it. And I can't, I can't fault anybody who is willing to, you know, go into their retirement money to get a surgery that could help them feel better or to try to get whatever treatment they can to save their spouse. I I get it. But if there's anything that we can do um, now, while we have our health, while we have, um, you know, the ability to earn, make money, save, invest, and then also focus on the things that will continue to serve us, I think it's much, um, it's much better way, way to use your money and to feel, um, and to feel good about it. And so that's that's definitely important. You mentioned sleep about sleeping better if you eat early. I think that sleep is one of the things, and I just know this from when I had my ch- like my children and I wasn't sleeping normally. I um. I did feel like insane. (laughs) I don't know how I kept a job. I literally, I have no idea how I kept my job. Um, And I would, I would just forget, forgetful, tired, cranky, hungry, all of those things. I think sleep is, is so important. Do you have any tips for people? Are there anything that we can, people can do if they are struggling with sleep?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, you know, the, I would say a good nighttime ritual starts in the morning a good bedtime ritual to sleep starts in the morning. So what does that mean? I mean, it really starts with, you know, like I I start each day doing practices that increase oxytocin and decrease cortisol. Because when we start chasing behind, like we would call behind the eight ball or on the hamster wheel, I mean, that's cortisol function. That's going to keep us stressed we're going to use up cortisol throughout the day and it's going to wake us up at 3 a.m at night and we're never going to get a good night's sleep so start the day with moderating your cortisol so don't start the day with a cup of coffee start the day with you know gratitude practice you know being grateful thinking positive that increases oxytocin that's going to see saw oxytocin goes up cortisol goes down and then maybe start with an herbal tea and not caffeine because if that's driving you, I mean, leave, leave your caffeine for later in the day if you just love coffee, but don't do it mm-hmm. first thing in the morning because it's going to, it's going to affect you. And then of course, don't do it later in the day either because that's going to keep you from sleeping. Yeah. So typically not afternoon, but okay. um But so a good morning ritual where you start like really grounding yourself and, you know, really focusing on the things that you appreciate, the things that you like, the things that bring you joy, things you're grateful for. And there's so much really focusing on that positivity. And it's so important. It's so important, especially when we're going through changes that we don't like in -hmm. our body and ourselves to keep focus on the things that we do like. And, um, and I can't say that enough. And then drinking a tall glass of water in the morning, right? Just really hydrating And you can add some lemon juice to it. You, I, I do greens. I do my Mighty Maca Plus, my adrenal adaptogenic superfood combination called Mighty Maca Plus. I do that in the mornings, and then you know whatever exercise routine. So you really start out, you know, establishing your theme, your physiologic theme for the day. Now in the evening ritual, what does that look like? You got to turn off, you know, your blue lights. You got to wear your Um, red blocking glasses, you know, your blue light blocking glasses, so your red glasses and, or, um, you know, to block out the blue light that can affect your melatonin production from the pineal gland and will keep you from having a good night's sleep. Don't drink alcohol late at night because that can decrease your good night's sleep. And you want to do some stretching or exercise just to kind of loosen up your muscles and Relax before you go to bed, releasing tension that you've been holding on to all day. And uh, you know, uh lavender's a lavender essential oil and a nice warm bath with Epsom salt. What's you know, establishing this evening ritual? And then you can supplement, like we use melatonin, a magnesium L3-8, and magnesium glycinate, not magnesium citrate. There are many forms of magnesium. So magnesium L3 and crosses the blood brain barrier. I have some information on my website about it, but the different forms of magnesium. So magnesium, melatonin, and as we get over age 35, 40, a bioidentical progesterone can come into play because it's a natural sedative, can help us deep restorative night sleep. So doing things like that. So you're, you wake up feeling rested, however many hours you get, ideally seven or eight or more, but you wake up feeling rested. I'm probably five to six hours. I mean, I'm an OBGYN by training. I didn't sleep for decades. And I probably, you know, at a a young age, um, but, you know, five to six hours of sleep, you know, six, seven hours of sleep, you really want to get deep sleep and you want to wake up feeling rested, not forcing yourself hitting the snooze button three times. And you feel like, okay, this isn't, this is working for me. And I, I was there, you know, I can never felt, never felt energized. Now I get up at 6am for hot yoga and it's effortless and I'm 55 yeah. this month. So
0: yeah, makes a difference. I like, I love, I love that because I think that there's so many of us, so many of us women that wake up, grab our coffee, work all day long, grab our glass of wine right before we go to go, get to go to bed for the, like the minute that we have to ourselves. And if we keep doing that, I don't believe that's going to serve us. I think you're right. You grab your journal in the morning, grab a book, read for a couple minutes. Even if you just shift what you enjoy doing into a different times, like you don't have to change. You don't have to be uh, some superhuman, but I think that if you, you know, make going to bed a priority or starting your morning in a particular way and ending your day in a particular way we can do that. We're already doing it. Yeah. It's just not a way that's really helping us. And so right. I think I love this because we can still go to a happy hour, have a glass of wine with our friend earlier in the day. We can still have our coffee. You know, maybe we just have it at 10 AM or 11 and, and you can still be yourself, but I, I do think eventually your body will shift. It and will. It, will change.
1: it- It will, it will shift and it will change. And you'll feel more alive, more energetic, happier. You'll be smiling for no reason. I mean, we
0: all want more energy. We all want more energy. Like it's not just more hours in the day to burn ourselves out and to work. I think we all want to feel more energized, wake up feeling rested, go, you know, be with our family, do our work and then come home and, you know, feel like we accomplished something in a day and actually be able to rest. I think that is the ultimate goal for sure. Um, I did have one last question before we go for people who are, um, you know, considering options out there, like, um, acupuncture I saw or other, um, supplements, um, people are saying, Oh, you need this product, this product, this product what do you trust? What, what do you think is, is helpful? And you mentioned hot yoga, like what are some of your favorite things to do that maybe would, it would require a little bit of um, an investment, but you find are worth it.
1: Okay. So I think this is a really great practice. It's like, I, I think if everyone could just take a minute, you know, take a deep breath in and out, you know, just kind of just relax for a second and say, what are things you do that bring a smile to your face? What are things you do that you're like, oh, I just love this? You know, I can't wait to, or maybe I can't wait to talk with my friend Helene because she just cracks me up. What's she going to say today? Right. You know, what is it that brings a smile to face? What is it that makes you happy? And I think like, that's a really important self-assessment because we're so busy doing, being, performing that often we're not receiving, enjoying, living and loving. And that's, that's the juice, right? So what, what makes us feel that? What are the things that like maybe I used to paint when I was young and I haven't painted in forever or whatever? What is it that you know makes you smile? You're so glad that you did it, and those are things that we have to add more of, because yeah. that shifts our physiology. It's healing. Right, we're just
0: reacting most of the time and responding. And you're right, we're not receiving. And I ask similar questions to that too, when I have clients that are contemplating retirement and they just don't know what they're going to do. And it's like, what do you love to do? What did you used to do when you had free time? And sometimes they will be like, I love dogs. I'd love to adopt dogs. I'd love to paint. I'd love to uh, start swimming. Like all sorts of things will come up, but they're just not asking those. They're not thinking that way. It's just I love the, the way you it. is like, what makes you have What brings a smile to your face? It's
1: enormous. And if, we, and if we make time for that now, when we're, you know, in this busy, in this time period yeah. where it's busy and everything else, we make time for that now. We do. We do have more free mental space. You know, we have more energy. We're more productive. So I mentioned to full circle, like when I was 48 and spiraling down near bankruptcy, when I figured out, you know, like this whole keto green way, like the lifestyle changes, the intermittent fasting. And and I recognize that adding the alkalinizers was a really powerful part of that for women, this combination of keto, you know, ketogenic diet, healthy ketogenic foods, intermittent fasting and alkalinizing foods. Um, That combination for women was really powerful. Not only did I lose the weight, but I had the mental clarity, the edge, right? I could, I mean, I started writing, writing again, books, and I was calm as a, again, a single mom taking care of, you know, three girls still in the house, yeah. three different schools, right? That I was I was calm and I was able to respond and not react or overreact. And I was able to, I had the clarity to produce and be more productive. And since then I've written two bestseller books, another third book already sold and, oh, you know, and, and a seven figure business. And so it's really makes a difference when you're, at home in your body, you're doing yes. things you enjoy. And I, I know you say that like when you're doing things you love, you never work a day in your life.
0: Right. And I think also when you don't feel comfortable in your body, you don't show up in other places very well. Exactly. So I think like taking care of how you feel, uh, like, in the pandemic, I was asking people like, how are you feel at home? And a lot of people did not feel good. They were ready to get back to the office, ready to get back to busy, ready to get back to being thrown into their life and responding. And that needed to be addressed because if you can't feel that, you know, that sense of, you know, at least a bit of peace, it's, it's really, really hard to, you know, over deliver or to, you know, to feel like you're actually, you know, producing valuable work and and things like that. So I think that that's so, that's so important. And that's amazing that you were able to do that and to be able to turn things around where if you were just a busy woman and just decided, you know what, I can't handle this. I'm just going to try to like make ends meet and have my kids and get this business. Like no one would have blamed you or been like, you know what? You could probably have a seven figure business and a couple of bestsellers. (laughs) They would have been like, of course it's too much. (laughs) And I think the fact that you found peace is incredibly inspiring. And I think that it's so wonderful. So if people are listening and maybe they don't have a doctor that they feel like they are able to reach out to or talk to about these sort of things, how can people find out more about you, your books and, um, and really just learn from you? Because I think there's a lot of people who are like, I think I need the girlfriend doctor in my life because (laughs) I, I totally agree. So how can people find out more about you?
1: Well, and I want to be in their lives too, in your life. And so my book, my, I'm easy to find Dr. so dranna.com. So dot acom That's my website. And I have so much free resources and articles and webinars and podcasts and information that I created products to help me and my patients along in this journey. So those are all on my website information on them. And then my books, The Hormone Fix, which is Mandatory reading for really every woman over 30 and the guy that loves them, right? Yes. Mandatory reading, the hormone fix is really my manifesto. And, and I, I tell you, I want every woman to know this information because it, it is life-changing. Yeah. And then my second book, Keto Green 16, and we have a very th- active, thriving keto green community on Facebook that I just adore, and we run through our challenges and keto green. Um, lifestyle hacks and everything every every so often and periodically and then i'm on at the girlfriend doctor on instagram so many ways to find me
0: oh i love it and i i recommend everybody check this out get the book start paying attention to this this is so important even if you're just starting to be curious or if you're in the throes of this and you're feeling this right now it is not over there's plenty of time to to feel better and, and change your life. And if you are looking to you know take a look at your financial future or your investments and get your money life under control, please head over to MistyLynch.com where you can uh, set up some time to, with me to talk about your investments or even talk about group coaching if you just need a little bit more support and maybe some, some space for yourself where you can take a look at your thoughts and decide which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to get rid of. So we do that quite a bit every week. So thank you so much, Dr. Anna, for joining me today. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk again next week. Hey, do you have a lot of beautiful dreams about what you want your life to look like, but feel challenged in making it happen because of your limitations in confidence around money, power, and success? You've got to check out the Demystifying Money Coaching Program, where Misty combines her certifications as a certified financial planner and life coach to help members realize a fun and full life is possible for them. Each month, you will get in-depth training, workbooks, and weekly group coaching opportunities to help you bring those dreams